is Old Guys Bitching. I'm Steve. And I'm Byron. And we're back for episode six. Six? Six. And they said it would never last. And I'm still bitching about stuff from episode two. Uh (laughs) I don't even remember what we talked about. Oh, uh, of course you do. We we talked about what we always talk about: stupid drivers. Uh, you know, le- last week I was in L.A., and of course that's kind of the uh, the international capital of stupid drivers. But what I noticed was driving back from L.A. And fortunately, I don't really drive that. My business partner drives. But uh, as we're going along, there seemed to be a high number of people who wanted to be in a lane other than the one they were in. And they were right next to another vehicle at the time, but they chose not to check and see. And fortunately, all of these near collisions were missed. But this wasn't just people in cars. No, it was truckers and semis and things like that. And I started just noticing that's happening more and more. It, it's awful. And, and I, think, I really think I would like to see trucks off the road. I understand that they are there for commerce and they have to get product from one place to another. But don't do it the same hours that the average commuter is on the road because you're just asking for trouble. And, you know, speaking of trucks off the road, I have the solution. Let them just go cross country. What, so then they can't go local. Well, no, I'm just talking uh, cross country. Just, you know, they're out there in a big open space, particularly in the West. And instead of just going straight, take a right, get off the road, yeah. just go across. You, you know? might have something, although... It's I, the shortcut. I, I would fear for the prairie dogs. Oh, prairie dogs can watch out for themselves. Prairie dogs. No, I don't know. You know, prairie dogs, we must protect the prairie dogs. Now, actually, I may get a prairie dog. Because I'm, I'm still having trouble finding a dog. I was, ah. I was supposed to be meeting a dog last weekend and uh, from a rescue uh, organization. and they oh, Kind of a doggy blind date. It, a doggy blind, exactly. Um, except it, it wasn't blind for me because I knew what he looked oh, like. Oh, okay. He didn't know what I looked like. He was, he was really, uh, and maybe <laughs> this is why he was acting up. But the res- they put me in touch with the rescue, the foster family, and uh, talked to, to this guy. And, and he's out of town all week on business. So his fiance was dealing with the dog. And the dog was really skittish. And he said he had been home for three days. And the dog was just starting to let him get close. Ooh. He couldn't even touch him. But, and, and the dog was not, as advertised, house trained. So it was going all over their house. I said, you know what? I, I, I wanted to be very delicate about this. I didn't want to put any, any of the onus on the dog. So I just said, I just don't think I'm the right person for this dog. Yeah, well, that's probably the best way to handle it. I do have a word for you, though. Capybara. Who? Capybara. C-A-P-Y-B-A-R-A. So, you know, after the podcast, you can Google capybara. I think this might be the ideal pet for you. A capybara. A capybara. You know, I, I would. Actually, I, I, w- I would love to get a gorilla. Well, capybaras are kind of like giant guinea pigs or prairie dogs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I'm going I'm going for a gorilla. Well, gorillas suit you, you know. I I remember when we shot your picture uh, here in Vegas next to a gorilla. That's right. That's right. I am I am very fond of gorillas and it stems from the time when I was about 
five or six, and I watched the original King Kong on the Million Dollar Movie in New York, and at the end, I cried my eyes out. And my parents came in and said, why are you crying? I said, because he didn't want to go to New York. They made him go to New York, and they fell off the Empire State Building, and he died. And that, they should have just left him in the jungle. That's true, especially since he was only 17 inches tall. That's right. I, I was always uh, a, somewhat of a social liberal. <laughs> I just felt for this poor gorilla. <laughs> So, now, did you hear this? This is a, a lovely item from the news. A farting passenger forced a plane to make an emergency landing. I did see that. That was really something. Uh, particularly, I think the uh, the passenger was French and had consumed a lot of snails. And well, yeah. just, <laughs> you know, snail farts are the worst. They are. Terrible. Well, well, they are fueled by garlic and butter. So, uh, but it's like I, I mean, I don't know when I when I've purchased airplane tickets in the past, I have never seen anything that said no farting. Uh, no, I I haven't either. And you know, I have I did see the story in multiple places, and in one of the places, uh, the passenger sitting next to the farting passenger just said, well, you know, she just kept farting. And I thought, she? She? Okay, now we have crossed the line. <laughs> I mean, I, re I remember back in the days when, when I, early days of my marriage, actually before we got married, and the first time my uh, fiance at the time uh, let out a fart in front of me, and it was a, immediately followed up with, "I guess I feel comfortable with you." <laughs> <laughs> well, like, thank, one of my one of my best buds growing up, a, a terrific guy, still very much in touch with him these days. He he told me when I think we were about eighteen years old that 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 was the criteria for telling if, if the, the woman was going to be right for you. If, if you could fart and she didn't mind, and if she could fart and you didn't mind, you were a perfect couple. <laughs> it was a match made in heaven. Of course, my, my friend turned out to be gay, so that, that you know, threw that criteria <laughs> out. <laughs> well, and farting takes on a whole different meaning in that circumstance. <laughs> so, so what else? Now, you were talking about driving. Did you see, I think we've talked about self-driving cars before and how it's something I desperately want a self-driving car because I'm just getting sick of driving. Uh, but driving by myself, I have to pay attention behind the wheel and i would love to not have to do that but did you see gm i think it's gm has a prototype that has no steering wheel and no pedals whoa and you know we did discuss in an earlier show about how uh tesla uh sounds like a good deal for a self-driving car until you learn that it will not steer around stationary objects Right. You kind of want to have a wheel and maybe some pedals for that. Yeah, I would think so. I, I you know, I, I, I think I can see some point in the future, 200 years or whatever, when we've had several generations, probably not 200 years, probably a lot sooner than that, but where there have been two or three generations of self-driving cars and they're confident in the software that it's going to do the job, 
um, to be able to take it all out of the hands of humans. Um, but then again, taking anything out of the hands of humans is probably a good idea. Yeah, that's true. You know, we've talked... Humans just fuck everything up. <laughs> okay, now you've done it again. We've gone explicit. but uh, We have. I, I think I've told you, you know, about the, uh, the self-driving shuttle in downtown Las Vegas. Yes. And that uh, yes. I rode in it and there was a guy steering it. But I don't think yeah. I mentioned that the first two days it was on the road, it was involved in a collision. And wait, wait, what did it collide with? Well, actually, a car collided with it because they they didn't see a driver, thought it was parked, you know. Because <laughs> I remember a joke that my, my dad used to tell is that a guy was complaining that he didn't wouldn't take a plane that, uh, you know, because planes crash. And the guy said, well, don't be ridiculous. I know somebody who was riding in a train and had a and was killed in the horrible accident and he said oh my god in a train what happened he said a plane hit it <laughs> but boom boom sorry stick stick time of stick. course of course but uh but you know you're you're right that uh, there there does seem to be a problem in most cars it's just intrinsic to the car and i'm not sure the way to uh, engineer it out because the problem seems to exist between the steering wheel and the seat. Yes, that is a, a major problem. Well, that's where self-driving autonomous cars, let's not call it self-driving, autonomous cars, cars that don't need humans, that's what we need on the roads. Yep. I Like I said, humans screw up everything. I cleaned it up that time. <laughs> uh, humans screw up everything. This would be a much better planet if it weren't for the humans. That is true. That is true. So, um, have you been to the Los Angeles area lately? I was there about six months ago. Ah, did you go down into Hollywood? No, I, I refuse. Well, that's probably a wise choice on your, your part, because uh, we were down in Hollywood. We were having to be down in Hollywood because we were looking at uh, venues for a project that I have coming up. And... Uh, the thing that uh, that we noticed is that Hollywood has become so traffic and pedestrian heavy that everybody hates everybody. And it is just turning into gridlock because the pedestrians won't get out of the streets and then the cars want to block the uh, the crosswalks. It's uh, it's like, you know, it's awful. It's hel helicopter time. Half the people are dressed as superheroes. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. So that doesn't. I went down several uh, several years ago now. I don't remember. It was like four four years ago or so. Uh, to I was interviewing Jimmy Kimmel mm -hmm. at his at his studio, and uh, that's right on Hollywood Boulevard. And I hadn't been there in in a long time, and I was stunned at how they had taken every inch of available space. And stuck a shopping mall in it, a strip mall, in, in these tiny little narrow strip malls. And I felt like I was in, a, it was daytime, and I felt like it was in, it was in the daytime version of Blade Runner. Yeah, we were uh, uh, trying to find a, any place to turn around. So we pulled into one of those little strip malls, and uh, there was an Indian restaurant in the strip mall. Uh, and when you looked through the doors, the whole place was just trashed out and my immediate assumption was well poor guys they uh, they went out of business uh but then the uh guy at the 
at the door, opened the door, and said, come on in. And uh, I thought, uh, no, I don't think I want to do that. And then I noticed in the window the health rating. They had an A. They had an yeah. A? Yeah. And the place, was it, it a was mess? It was a mess. <laughs> but then again, that is it is And it LA. is Indian restaurants. Oops, oh, sorry. <laughs> there goes my curry. Oh, God, here comes the mail. <laughs> the mail from India. Right. But all the guy, you know, our, our fan base in India is going to shrink after that. Or comment. could grow because uh, they could be going, oh, you know, yes, of course, he is absolutely right. That's why we must be in Hollywood to clean the place up. Oh, okay. Well, we, we have we have uh, wandered far from political correctness, which is good, because that's a subject that I find very distressing, too. I think political correctness has killed some of the best humor we, we grew up with. Well, when you look at the history of humor, and you look at, uh, at vaudeville and, and burlesque in the uh, early 20th century, I mean, there were Dutch comedians— there were Indian comedians. There were all kinds of po- Polish comedians who were really popular because they were telling jokes about themselves. Irish comedians, same thing. So, you know, once you start losing your sense of humor about yourself and everything that uh, someone says is offensive, then that makes the world a poorer place. And that's why, that's why you that's can right. tell any joke about me because uh, I'm just pure white. <laughs> Well, you know, we somebody was brought that up the other day. Uh, someone I was talking to and said, "How come Jews are are so funny?" Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and it's not to, just Jews. I mean, they've done documentaries on this on on comedians that often come from minority cultures and are very funny because a lot of times it's what you needed to survive. If you couldn't make jokes, you know, forget it. Every life was going to be totally miserable and you just want to stay. And that's the what comedy does. It makes life livable. Right. And who was it? Now somebody's oh, I think it was Roseanne Barr uh, said the other day that um, she would be sad to see Trump go. Something to this effect that she would be sad to see Trump go because of how, what a gift he's been to humor. Yeah, but just humor, because anything else, oh, he's a, right. you know, he's a, a sore tragedy. <laughs> right, and and I mean, and that's the thing that that you think about is, yeah, yeah, he's been an absolute goldmine for late night comics, and I'm sure a lot of stand up comics out in the club circuit as well. But in the meantime, he's destroying the country. So. <laughs> What, what's the trade-off? It's like I'll take a few less jokes and and feel a little more secure about going about life. Uh, yeah, you and me and most of the country. Yeah. Now I I I, I found a site. Uh, you know about Reddit. I uh, I know what it is. I've seen the word. It's spelled with two D's. Yes, it's R E D D I T, and it's it's a social uh, networking site, and it's just a place for people to have discussions, say silly things and uh, profound things and whatever they can think of that uh, is nothing at all. Uh, but there was, they have a sub, I think they call it a subcategory, uh, called Shower Thoughts. Oh. And these are these, these pithy, uh, deep things that people come up with while standing in the shower. Well, that's because, shower. you know, people often pith in the shower. They <laughs> Yeah, no. Sometimes I hit I like those, that. you know. I, we do need a snare drum. We we definitely need a snare drum, snare drum on the show. But 
here's one is why don't they make mouse flavored cat food that's true why not why not I, i mean first of all who would know how do you know what a mouse tastes like i have never knowingly eaten a mouse uh, and I wouldn't do it if I knew about it. Of course, <laughs> there was a time when I ate at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and God knows. Yeah, and you've there. lived in New York, and you've gone to mom and pop restaurants. You never know what's in those. That that's absolutely true. Um, so, but but I think I don't know if my cats would even appreciate that because I I don't think they've ever even seen a mouse. Um, now here's another one. It's strange how the brain doesn't register a second the when written next to the other the. But fortunately, Microsoft Word does. They underline the uh, the second one for you. The second one. Yeah, but why don't we see that? The, the. I mean, how many times have you done that? Especially in the days when we had to use typewriters. Yeah. Uh, Remember yeah, those? True, true. Typewriters? Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Do you ever get so excited for a nap that when the time comes, you're too excited to sleep? Whoa, now that's profound. That is profound. And especially... Not me, I can fall asleep on my feet. Well, especially at our age. You know, naps are, are coveted when you get to our age. It's like we would give anything. I mean, even if I get nap. excited, it's like, oh boy, I get a nap. Oh boy, I get a nap. I get a... Hmm. <laughs> So now here's here's another one. Cheap vacuums suck because they don't suck, while nicer vacuums don't suck because they suck. That sucks. That's <laughs> If you sleep around 8 hours every day and live till 100, that's over 33 years of sleep. And just think if you're sleeping around, uh, that's over 33 years of sleeping around. Uh, which is, and God knows how many germs are in there. <laughs> I I don't want to know. And then that brings me back to the farting passenger. So uh, I've made made it through the shower thoughts. All the way through the shower thoughts. Well, you know, this is a subject that, uh, that came to the forefront again last week. It really comes to the forefront almost every other day. And that is... The problem with people who are desperately, desperately in love with their firearms. And that's really bucking me. So what I I did last week uh, is I tried to boil down all of those pro-gun ownership arguments. And I I think I succeeded. So let me give this a shot. You tell me if if I hit it we, or not. We we need clear thoughts on this. So here are the the pro gun ownership arguments boiled down to their essence. Here we go. Wah, wah, wah. Guns, guns, guns. Stompfoot, stompfoot. Second Amendment, Second Amendment. Can't do anything to prevent gun violence. Can't do anything to prevent gun violence. Rifle capable of shooting 30 to 100 rounds specifically designed to kill humans is not really an assault weapon. Mental illness, mental illness. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Opposers to my arguments are multiple choice, ignorant, wrong, anti-American. Everybody but me, shut the fuck up. Did I miss anything? 
I think you pretty much nailed it. I think that's excellent. It's <laughs> and it's it's amazing that you could do it so quickly. It doesn't. There's not a lot to say about the whole damn argument. Um, I, I, you know, and and I I go back and forth because intellectually I can debate in my own mind that the whole thing guns don't kill people. People kill uh, people with guns kill people. Yes, that's true. Exactly. People with guns kill people. Now. Anything can be used as a weapon. If you want to do violence, you can pick up a baseball bat, you can pick up a kitchen knife, you can pick up a car tire, Yeah, you could even fart on a plane. And use it to assault someone. Right, you, oh, that's the worst. That will probably be banned before guns are, uh, farting on planes. But, but the one thing that I have to feel somewhat hopeful about um, after this horrible tragedy in, in Florida last week, seeing some of these kids from that high school on TV being interviewed and how articulate and eloquent they are about the subject and ready to not let it go. Um, and so I'm thinking maybe, just maybe, things will be different this time. We have to hope each time it happens, you know, I hope, hope it's the last, but this whole march that they've got coming up uh, was uh, April twentieth, a- April twentieth. It's the anniversary of Columbine, and I hope everybody walks out of the schools, teachers included, administrators included. Right, and they they well, these kids in uh, Florida are on a bus, on a seven hour bus ride, riding to the state capitol in Tallahassee to confront lawmakers and, and at demand this point, action. Uh, they made it, and I don't know if you're aware of what happened. No. The, uh, the lawmakers um, uh, refused to pass the bill uh, banning assault-type weapons. Of course. Well, now hopefully, back to that lovely word, hopefully, uh, these kids will be able to motivate enough people to vote those bastards I hope so. Out of and office. I do want to say that um, a Facebook friend, and actually this is an in-person friend as well, but we communicate mostly now on Facebook, uh, you may, might even know the guy. I don't want to say his name, but he is a person in the media. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he started a thread on Facebook of why we need gun control. And one guy, one guy just, uh, I mean, it, and it was vehement the way this guy was going at it. That's why I composed that little piece that I read. And he just went after me as well. And I thought, you know, I'm just not going to engage him. Uh, although I did say strike a nerve, which he he blew up at <laughs> yeah. too. But then another person on the thread who I don't know said, "Hey, go check this guy's Facebook page." And when you did check the guy's Facebook page, three friends. He's a bot. He's not a person. <laughs> And I think mm. I think that's what's mm. happening. There was an article uh, in either the Washington Post or the New York Times uh, yesterday regarding that uh, the Russian bots went into overtime uh, once this, uh, mm-hmm. this shooting occurred. And uh, so I think yeah. we need to maybe do some check and be aware uh, because, what, uh, only 3% of the people in the country— uh, own multiple guns. Less than thirty percent of the people in the country uh, support owning uh, assault-type weapons, and certainly uh, former military people in uh, 
the large percentage do not support people having uh, those type of weapons because they're they're not designed for right. sports. They're not designed for targets. They're designed to kill people. Well, that's the whole thing is that even a lot of people who are pro the Second Amendment and pro having guns for your own protection are against having them freely available to people, especially with mental problems. Now, you know, this kid in, in Florida, there had been, we can talk about the FBI and they blew it. And it's not the first time that they've blown uh, getting tips on somebody and not acted on it. Uh, it. Part of it is lack of resources. Part of it is lack of proper laws to be able to do anything about it. Because you've, you've got human rights that come quicker than investigating someone who might do something. You know, someone who hasn't acted on anything in the past, just made comments, are they really going to blow up? There was a, a forensic uh, psychologist who had interviewed, uh, I, I forget the guy's name, the guy that shot up the movie theater in, in yeah, I know Colorado. who you mean, I don't know the name either. And, and yeah, and he had interviewed him, and, uh, and he was saying that the, this whole talk about mental illness, he says, is... It's all wrong because the majority of people in the country or in the world who have mental illness are not necessarily violent. Just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you're prone to violence. And that's something that they haven't been able to figure out yet is what makes someone become violent. And that's a great thing to study you know, if we had the funds out there to actually study it and try to figure it out and try to figure out who's going to act before they actually do it. But in the meantime, keep the goddamn guns out of their hands. And that means that not everybody in the country needs to have a gun. Given our current political atmosphere um, and our government in Washington, D.C., which seems ineffectual or possibly dangerous if they ever do figure out how to actually get things done. I often thought about going out and buying a gun to be able to protect myself, protect my family. And what stops me is, now, we don't need guns in the hands of clowns like me. Because I would be, you know, especially talking back about the cars, is some of the road rage that I have occasionally driving, I would be prone to pull out the gun and wave it at someone. Well, just wave something else. Uh, I tried that and I was arrested for indecent exposure. (laughs) Well, this, okay, the personal anecdote here. I hope I haven't told this during the podcast already, but, uh, you know, that's the thing about being an old guy. You can't remember from one second to the next. In fact, I think we repeated three stories from our previous episode. That's good. Anyway. I was was in in my local uh, supermarket, and Nevada allows open carry. So in the local supermarket, I saw this guy, uh, I would say 30s or so, and he was shopping. He had one of those little hand carry baskets in one hand, and in his other arm he was carrying a toddler, and in the front of his waistband he had a um, a pistol shoved in there. Yes. And I thought, ooh, that's um, that's interesting. And another guy, uh, old guy about my age, he saw him, and then he looks at me. We exchanged glances like, ooh, the, the guy's not real bright, is he? Uh, and then we all three ended up on another aisle. 
And the guy who had the hand basket and the uh, toddler and the pistol down his pants was uh, having to struggle to get a, an item off the shelf and into the into the basket. And so the other guy, I wish I could take credit for this. I do. The other guy <laughs> says to him, uh, you know, let me apologize to you in advance because I'll probably be laughing too hard to call 911 when you shoot your dick off. <laughs> you, Yes, you did tell that okay. story before, but it's always good hearing it, especially in, in light of the conversation. And we are, we are, are approaching the end. Oh, and I only got one dick in there? Of, oh, jeez. You only got, no, you got two, I think, didn't you? <laughs> Two or three? How many dicks do you really <laughs> well, need? I, I, Come I on. think it's uh, it, it's more uh, uh, measured, like with a ruler, than how many. Uh, I have enough trouble with the one I have. I don't need any extra. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I'm Byron. That's it. I'm Steve, and this has been Old Guys Bitching. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>